0: Welcome to the Penguin Podcast. Hello, this is Nikki Gerard.
1: And I'm Sean French.
0: And together we write as Nikki French.
1: And we're speaking here from the beginning of the launch party for our new book, Blue Monday, which is the first of this series that we've written.
0: So it's like the beginning of a new adventure for us, it's the kind of first in an octet of books.
1: And yes, we're going to talk about our uh, summer reading. Well, um, it's very easy about I me. Mean, I've just been I've just been given a Kindle, so I'm in this. I'm compulsively downloading books, and uh, so I'm going to go away with a, 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 enough books not for, just for the summer, but for the rest of my life. I think. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, just a couple of them. I think I'm you know, What I haven't I'm about to get. I think a couple of, of Richard Stark thrillers. who's a wonderful. who writes you know writes some wonderfully hard nosed uh, thrillers. He's dead now, sadly, but they were very good.
0: And I have this strange habit on holiday of not taking new books so much as books that I've read before. There's something kind of rather comforting about reading a Victorian classic when you're in a strange country. I mean, I often take Jane Eyre to read again. And the other thing I do every holiday is I try and read poetry. And in fact, I try and learn poetry. So I march around reciting little fragments of verse. Hello. Welcome to The Penguin Podcast. I'm Anna Ridley. And that was husband and wife thriller writing team Nikki Gerard and Sean French, better known as Nicky French, whose brilliant new book Blue Monday is out now. We'll have other authors sharing their recommendations for summer reads later on in the episode. But if for some reason your summer interests don't start and end with the covers of a book, we've also got two writers, Matthew de Beithwa and Robert Penn, talking about camping and cycling and explaining why there's a lot more to both than you might think. Here's Matthew.
2: Hello, my name is Matthew de and I am the author of The Art of Camping, The History and Practice of Sleeping Under the Stars. The book is a memoir, and a history in the camping trips undertaken by me and my family act as a portal into stories about the campers of the past. From the camping holidays that Henry Ford and Thomas Edison took together to the radical interwar camping groups such as the Kindred of the Kibbo Kift. What does camping mean? Why do we do it? And what should we do when it rains? These are questions answered in the art of camping. I love camping holidays. I have a real passion for them. Camping puts you in a place you'd never normally be at a time that you'd never normally be there. And by stripping away four walls on a roof, by removing the dead hand, the domesticity from your mind, your experiences in nature become more intense. Camping is not predictable, and that is why it's superior to two weeks in a hotel resort or a villa. For some camping trips, anything above survival is a bonus. But since I had children, I have grown to appreciate experiences that could go either way. It's not that the camper seeks discomfort. Rather, the camper grows addicted to the intense awareness of being alive, which you can get when you are wandering a meadow in the moment before the moment before dawn, or if you are sitting under a tarpaulin watching drizzle wander up a valley, or you're roasting a lamb shoulder over a campfire. All of these timeless human experiences exist outside of consumerism, and so remind us of a kind of truth of who we are as a species and how we got here. After a weekend camping, civilization feels more arbitrary, more like a decision someone arrived at and less like an unalterable state. Camping has always been countercultural because it's the holiday that asks questions about how we live.
1: Hello, my name is Felix Riley and I'm the author of the setup. And my summer reading is going to be Jennifer Egan's A Visit from the Goon Squad. She's won the Pulitzer Prize, so that'd better be pretty amazing um i'm going to read ordinary thunderstorms by william boyd because some friends have ordered me to read that they've told me it's very good and it's worth reading because if it's great that's great and if it's not i can give them a hard time. and then i'm going to read william d cohen's history of goldman sachs money and power how goldman sachs came to rule the world that's actually what i read for my own amusement uh, I will read numerous other things. Um, in truth, I actually really enjoy reading screenplays, which uh, I just love them for their tight writing, to be honest. So I will read some of those, and there's no chance of the summer passing without me picking up a John Grisham and a Dashiell Hammett novel, because that's my thing.
0: That was Felix Riley with his summer reading tips. And Felix's own novel, The Setup would also be a great summer read if you'd like some excitement while on holiday. It's all about a race against time to prevent an attack on the heart of the USA. Before Felix was Matthew de Bethwa, author of The Art of Camping. And from the countercultural act of camping to the democratic and genetic benefits of cycling, here's Robert Penn, author of It's All About the Bike.
3: So the book is called It's All About the Bike and it's the story of my building, my dream bike. Um, and that really is something I've used as a narrative to write about the social history of cycling, how the bicycle has changed the world, um, why it's the most popular form of transport on the planet and how long it has been for. Um, and in a sense, the kind of big picture is I've tried to explain why we ride, you know, why we extract so much pleasure from this very, very simple machine. During the first golden age of the bicycle, which started in the late 1880s, the beginning of the uh, 1890s, um, when it really, really took off, this was, the bicycle was the culmination of mankind's long and elusive quest for a popular form. Uh, Of efficient human transport. And so it had a massive effect. It changed the world completely out of all recognition. It was a defining moment in the history of humanity and civilization because it was cheap, it was utilitarian, and it was democratic. Uh, And anyone, um, in a very short period of time, it went from a pursuit, a faddish pursuit of a very very small number of athletic wealthy males to being a mode of transportation for everyone. It was called the people's nag and it really was. It was affordable uh, and it was useful and it meant, had all sorts of huge consequences for society. Namely the geography of cities changed because people could now commute uh, much further distance and that meant that Tenement slums began to empty and suburbs began to be created. Uh, It played a huge part in the emancipation of women in the 1890s. And this may, may not have been recognised at the time, but it certainly was by the time the suffragette movement was under uh, underway in the 1910s. Then they were able to look back and recognise that the bicycle was a turning point. It was the first athletic pursuit, popular athletic pursuit for women. Uh, and women completely reappraised what they wore uh, in athletic pursuits on the bicycle. So they divulged themselves of, you know, voluminous uh, petticoats and Uh, ankle length skirt and started wearing you know suitable clothing for cycling and British people could go that bit further for a bit of how's your father Uh, and now you know biologists recognize that it had a huge huge uh, impact on strengthening the gene pool in this country.
0: That was Robert Penn and you can see a video of Rob on our website at thepenguinpodcast.co.uk as well as find out more about all the authors on the podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter, and why wouldn't you? We're at Penguin Podcast. But before we go and pack our holiday bags with all the books they can carry, here's Yussi Adler Olsen, author of the gripping thriller Mercy.
4: So hello, this is Yussi Adler Olsen speaking. I'm an author, and actually my name is Carl Valdemar Yussi Henry Adler Olsen, but please forget that. Now I'm being introduced in England and UK, Uh, with my first Department Q story, called Mercy. This is a grim story in many ways, but also a very, very nice and humorous story about a Copenhagen detective, Karl Merck, who has been taken off homicide to run a newly created department for unsolved crimes. So, very soon we are entering the summer, and... uh, it's very tempting to recommend something. Now you perhaps think that I'm reading a lot of crime and thriller stories myself. I'm not, because I'm so scared of getting influenced by the other good authors, their language, their plots, their main characters. So therefore I'm reading a lot of other stuff. And I had a big laugh this yeah, a few months ago, reading a Norwegian author called Erlend Loh, And I laughed through the book, it's only 100 pages, so it's a short summer maybe, but I can deeply recommend the whole authorship of Erlend Lowe. He's a funny guy, quite absurd, and, you know, he makes you imagine a lot of special stuff you haven't imagined before. So that's a good, good recommendation. Yeah, the best summer read is that makes you so interested that you don't care about your kids or your husband or your wife at all. You don't care about the summer, you don't care about the sun uh, and the lovely, lovely sea. That's a good summer read.
2: You've been listening to the Penguin Podcast.